Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Martin McClue. What the actual fuck? Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow? This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of This Country Podcast. Now, first... He's the man who has just finished his crumpets, has a pizza and turkey dinosaurs in the oven, and will finish off with a handful of mini bounties. It's Neil. And that would just be my afternoon snack. Diet, Hello, Pav. Diet going well? <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> new year, new me. Indeed, indeed. Now, our superfan guest is a radio and broadcasting legend. Born in London, he found fame over the pond as one half of one of the biggest morning radio pairings in the history of broadcasting on the world-famous K-Rock in Los Angeles. Not only is he in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame, he is also in the Radio Hall of Fame, and now he's back home. He loves his chocolate milk, and he's on the hunt for buttermilk pancakes. Please welcome to WTAF, Gene Bean Baxter. Hey, boys. Yay! Hey, welcome. I can't, I can't imagine anything less interesting to your listeners than talking to a radio DJ from another country that they've never heard of. You would be surprised, sir. Really? I, I mean, the, as I said to you before, I mean, obviously this, is, this show is about this country, but it's more about finding people that... That that love the show, but are that, that are different. Do you know what I mean? There's people that mm-hmm. that would that that fans of the show would never have heard of or would never know. Now you are in yourself. You are a gift to radio, and it, you're somebody that has so many gifts to give. Is that the right way to put it? Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's far too generous. I feel like uh, radio has been a gift to me. I've just been so lucky and blessed to be able to work in it for my entire adult life. And, in fact, you you made mention, Pavo, to me being back home. I've only been here six weeks now, but this is the longest I've ever been off the radio since I was 17 years old. So I'm jonesing. This is actually really good for me to be able to talk to you guys today. Well, it's 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 our pleasure and our honor to start with. Now, we will talk about this country, but I am fascinated with the fact that, like you said, you spent pretty much your entire life in radio. Mm-hmm. Was that something that you wanted to do from a very early age or something that you just stumbled into? 
No, I, I, I feel like I used to think that I was a weirdo, a one-of-a-kinder who grew up wanting to be on the radio from the time I was uh, single digits in age. But the more I've interviewed other people in radio and listened to interviews of other people in radio, I realized that there are thousands and thousands of us who are the exact same way, who fell in love with the magic of the medium, who loved the music and then started to love the presenters and couldn't wait to get into it. And I've met so many people who were like me who would do their own little radio shows as a little kid. I mean, I walked around the neighborhood with a cassette player and interviewed my neighbors and pretended to be a newsman. I did all that sort of dumb stuff. And I found out that there are just so many of us that just fall in love with it. And uh, there's just there's something very special about the medium of radio. You know, it certainly changed a lot here in the 21st century. But, you know, just hearing a human voice in your head can be very powerful. And I knew from the time I was old enough to know what a job was that this is what I wanted to do. So I kind of directed myself in, in that way and picked a university that had a good college radio station. And as uh, soon as I got a little bit of experience, I dropped out of college and worked to work at radio full-time and never looked back. So where was your first uh, job being once you dropped out of college? I worked at a 1,000-watt AM radio station in Rockville, Maryland. I had gone to the University of Maryland in the Washington, D.C. area, and it was a station called WINX, the station that has an affair with its community. That was the slogan. (laughs) 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 And uh, it's still on the air now, but I think it's – I think it's – Filipino or Japanese or something like that now, but the frequency is still being used, unlike a lot of other AM stations around the world. But uh, that was it. And I remember my you know, my father who, uh, who called me up on the hotline on my very first show and said, I'm so happy. And I was expecting that he was going to say that you get to live out your dream, son. Mm. But he said that I finally have a way to turn you off. (laughs) And that's exactly what he did. My father was not at all down with me dropping out of college to go into radio. He, uh, He valued education a great deal. He couldn't afford to go to college when he joined the service at age 17, and he put himself through not only college but got two master's degrees while he was working full time and raising a family. So education was very important to him. So to hear me say I was throwing it all away for you know, what he looked at as a flight of fancy going in the entertainment industry, he absolutely was not down with it. So I, I'm glad you mentioned the Hall of Fame ceremonies, too, because he was still alive at the first one for the National Association of Broadcasters. And it was a really, really nice moment for me when he said, well, son, I, I know I wasn't uh, supportive uh, at the beginning, but I guess it worked out for you. And uh, I felt really, really good about that, that he at least had seen it turned into something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you when you did your very first show, so you're 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 sat at the desk for the very first time. Were you nervous? Were you excited? Were you a, a mixture of the two? Did you just think, "What the hell am I going to do?" Or oh, I'm sure it was all of that. I mean, nobody is good at the beginning, and I'm sure I was terrible. I wish I had tapes of those early early shows. I lost them along the way, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was. I'm sure if you had asked me afterwards, I would have said, well, I survived it. I wish I were better. But I would also say, dream come true. This is the happiest day of my life. It was really, really special to be able to do it. And I, you know, I know I just couldn't wait to do it again. I just wanted to be on the radio all the time. Mm. So when you when you got that gig, was it the um, was it an everyday show or? No, I started out as a as a part timer. I, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm best known for my 30 years at K Rock in Los Angeles. But I probably in the 12 years leading up to that, before I made it to Los Angeles, I probably worked for 
15 different radio stations probably. Wow. Maybe not quite that many, maybe more like 12. So I was doing a lot of part-time and then full-time and then leaving that to go do full-time somewhere else. And then while I was doing that, doing part-time somewhere else. So I worked at a lot of radio stations, just kind of working my way up in the Baltimore, Washington metropolitan areas. Suburban, this is how it used to be back in the day when there were suburban radio stations that weren't all the same programming coming from a, you know, from a, a, a national or a regional hub. There used to be lots and lots of radio. Mm. It's not anymore. But you used to work in a small town like Annapolis, Maryland or Herndon, Virginia, and you'd get a little better. And then you could move into the major market of Baltimore or Washington, D.C. as a part-timer and then work your way up to a full-timer. And that's what I did uh, all along until I finally moved to the West Coast. So, so for people that don't know, um, K-Rock is an iconic radio station. I mean, not just in Los Angeles, but it's called the world famous K rock for a reason, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, there are a few radio stations, you know, Radio X has the as a similar format in in Britain, and uh, you know Triple M in Australia is another one of those stations. It just has a has a, a legendary reputation that people, in, certainly in radio around the world, are familiar with. And K Rock is one of those stations. They were, along with a few other stations, they were one of the very first to play alternative rock music in America. I mean, all the way back in the nineteen seventies when everybody else was playing either album rock or classic rock, as that became a, a format, or Top 40, K-Rock was playing all the weird music, much of it coming from England, by the way. I mean, mm. that's kind of what put K-Rock on the map, was being the first to play bands like Depeche Mode and the Smiths and bands like that that were so popular here, but really didn't have an audience anywhere in America. And uh, that's kind of where they started and have have has remained in a, an alternative format through all of its changes and ups and downs this whole time, 40 years. So, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a great radio station and has had some legendary personalities go through, including another Brit, uh, Richard Blade, who was enormously popular on K-Rock for a long, long time. Mm. Rodney Bingenheimer, who some people know. He has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He's a legendary – he's kind of uh, the American version of John Peel. Right. Uh, yeah, Jed the Fish, uh, lots of other people who, who have been through that th- th- doors in that station. Uh, Love Line was from K-Rock. If anyone's ever heard the show with uh, Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla, it was a talk show. It was on MTV. It was a call-in show about health and whatnot. That was a K-Rock show. So, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff that's come out of there, and it's still it's still going strong. Mm. And that, So how did you – did you know Kevin beforehand, or were you put together, or how did we that work? worked – we worked together. I moved uh, – when I left the East Coast in the D.C. area, I moved to a smaller market, Phoenix, Arizona, in the desert because I wanted to work at a legendary Top 40 radio station called KZZP. And the program director there, Guy Zapolian, who's one of the most famous radio consultants in America now. But he was running this radio station, and it was just a dream to work for a guy like him. So I was doing afternoons, and I was the music director. And the nighttime guy, who was also the assistant program director, was Kevin Ryder. And that's how we met. And we just became friends, and we just hung out. And uh, there used to be – every once in a while, we'd be on the air together. There was a show that we used to do that was really fun on Saturday nights called the Saturday Night Party Patrol, where we'd go out in a van and the the, – the Valley of the Sun, where Phoenix is, is very flat. So you can literally drive around with a van and just stop and put an antenna up and broadcast back to the radio station. And we used to do that every Saturday night and go all over the valley and go to 
take parties and go to colleges and go to swimming pools and everything, and just broadcast live all around the valley. And we just had a blast. We just entertained the heck out of each other when we were doing it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot what show I was on. We entertained the fuck out of each other. <laughs> <while> <laughs> um, and we just I'll, give you about, I'll give you a bell you for that bell. one. I don't, of course. Oh, I miss, I, I miss, hold on a sec. I have my bell right here, too. <laughs> Inspired by you, that is Bean, by the way, this bell. It's inspired by you. You can't do a show without a bell. Of course not. So when it came time, I got an offer to move to San Francisco to work at a radio station there. And it's a city I really wanted to live in. So reluctantly, I left Phoenix behind, went to San Francisco. But Kevin and I always stayed in touch. And we always said, man, we had so much fun on the radio together. Wouldn't it be cool if we could do a morning show? Because the morning shows, you know, just like here, the morning shows are – the breakfast shows are where all the – A, you make the money. Mm. But B, it's where all the fun is, where all the traveling is, where all the big guests are. We said it would be so much fun to do a morning show. So he, Kevin flew up to San Francisco one weekend, and we went on the air in the middle of the night and put together a little tape of you know what that might sound like and sent it out to a few people. And miraculously, we not only got a nibble – but we got a nibble from from San Diego and from Los Angeles. And, you know, we'd never done a morning show together. And uh, it was just, I mean, that's not how it's supposed to work. You, you, you're supposed to start in a small town and work your way up as a morning show. But K-Rock was a unique place that had a unique way of doing things. And they said, hey, these guys have a lot of potential. They're really, really cheap. We can afford them. Let's get them out here and see what they can do. And uh, it's a miracle that we lasted more than a, a couple of years it really is in a market <laughs> like los angeles we were against some of the biggest most powerful shows in in you know in america and they stuck with us and eventually our show grew and became very very popular and we certainly never ever would have imagined we would be working together for 30 years mm. so with the format of the morning show being probably the most listened to shows around the the, the country how would you keep a format that stays fresh for so long well i mean um you know, just like the news changes and the music changes, you just evolve. You know, you find, you get better at what you do. Uh, you find out what works and you do more of that. You find out what doesn't stick and you do less of that. I mean, we had a lot of disastrous ideas and uh, we had a lot of ups and downs in the ratings, especially in the early years. And you just, you know, you just try to get better just like you do at anything else. Mm. But um, the beautiful thing about a show like ours is although it was the same show at the same radio station with the same people every day, you know, the listeners are different every day. They call. You have different topics every day. You know, you have different news every day. You have different guests every day. So it really did kind of keep it fresh because one day you might have – the governor of California on, but the next day you might have the pet shop boys on. Mm. So, you know, there was always something new and different mm. to look forward to. It wasn't like going in and just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And um, man, I'll tell you, and you guys know this, I'm sure you have a lot. I'm sure you have hardcore podcast fans that love you guys yeah. and are super excited about when the next episode comes out. They always have questions. They're always interested. They'll show up at a live event. That is so rewarding, and it happened on such a major scale for so long for us because, you know, listeners, after that long, so many had grown up with us. They'd gone through high school and then college and then getting married and then getting a job and then having kids, and they were still with us. And I just feel like we were so blessed and so lucky. We had, you know, we had thousands of friends, mm. really, mm. is what it was. And it was a real community, too. It wasn't, that's one thing I liked about our show is it wasn't a one way show, it was a two way show. They, 
you know, they inspired us and contributed to our show just as much as we did in reverse. And that really, really became more obvious as social media became bigger and bigger. And I love that. And I'm sure you guys too, that you get, you know, you, you so much feedback that way and you hear from so many people that way because that's how we communicate now. Yeah. I was going to say in regards to when you started and probably the first, I don't know, 10, 15 years, probably, you probably got away with a lot more stuff that you did than say the last five ten years oh yeah absolutely i mean and and by the way i don't think that um I, there's a lot we did on our show that we you know couldn't have done now and wouldn't have wanted to do now i mean you know we grew up we matured i'm sure we did a lot of things that were you know offensive and and wrong at mm. the time but it's just you know that was this the sense of humor and that was where you know comedy was at that point and I think as a society all around the world, we've all grown and we don't make the same kind of poor taste jokes that we did back then. But because there wasn't, you know, we didn't have the internet even when we started. I mean, we, when we showed up to work, we had a newspaper and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Google, Google to, it kids, Google it. And yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. And if you wanted to call someone, you called the operator or you got a phone book out. I mean, yeah. it was it was bare bones back then. So we See, had to be uh, very creative to come up with a lot of things to talk about back yeah, when you, you talk have about, access to I was gonna everything say, in the world. Yeah, you talk about calling. One of the famous uh, moments, I think, from yesteryear of the Kevin and Bean is when Ralph Garman phoned, was it the French president or the French prime minister, as Jerry Lewis? Yes. Yes, how, did. how did that even come? How did anyone even have the idea of doing something like that? <laughs> it's so funny you should bring that up, guys, because we weren't allowed to talk about it ever. Oh, really? We got, a, we got in a lot of trouble for doing that <laughs> because, well, technically, technically, not even technically, realistically, the FCC, which is our Ofcom, they have a rule that says you can't call people and put them on the air without their permission. Right. At least from the state of California, you can't. There are other states where one-way consent is enough, but California is not. So uh, we were told after, and I'll explain the call in a minute, but we were told afterwards you can never speak of it again on the air. It didn't happen. There's no tape of it. It doesn't exist. And until my last day on K-Rock, on the Kevin and Bean Show on November 7th, we had never, ever spoken about it before. But we had Ralph on that day on my final day, and we broke it all down for the listeners. And I think for a lot of people, you know, they didn't know about it. So it was probably a pretty cool story to hear. Mm. But it, it was back when the uh, the first uh, Gulf War had started, and America and France were at odds on whether to support – I can't remember the, the – you know, who was – the enemy back then it probably yeah. had something to do with Saddam Hussein <laughs> but America America and France were on different pages America had Britain's Britain was on our page but uh, France wasn't and America did a lot of dumb things like you know they refused to call them french fries anymore they had to be freedom fries That's it was right. that kind of petty thing right mm. so we knew that Jerry Lewis inexplicably and anyone will tell you this Jerry Lewis is a comedy genius in France. He was, you know, he was well liked in America and was very successful in America as well. But in France they never never forgot him. Even into, you know, even into his 80s he was still considered a superstar in France. It was crazy. I I don't know why. Something mm -hmm. about his sense of humor appealed to the French. So we thought it would be a funny bit because we had Ralph Garman on our show and for folks who don't know Ralph is an impressionist and a voice actor, and he's on 
Family Guy, and he's on a lot of other shows. He's brilliant. He's the best I've ever heard at not only doing voices, but doing voices and being funny in character, mm. which is very difficult to do. Usually if you hear somebody doing a funny voice, somebody else has written the lines for them, and that's why they're so funny. Yeah. So Ralph could do it all. And we thought, hey, we've got Ralph Garman, who does a great Jerry Lewis. Let's call random people in France and pretend to be Jerry Lewis and see if we can talk them into supporting America's <laughs> point of view on the war. So we did that, and we had a couple of calls and everything. And we thought, you know, throughout the show, we thought, ah, oh, let's do one more, but let's, you know, call and leave a message for President Josh Chirac. So we call, and the secretary answers, and, and Ralph says, hi, it's Jerry Lewis calling for the president. And the secretary says, one moment, please. I'll get him for you. <laughs> and you can imagine, we're just we're just sitting there and we're just, we're white. We're so panicked at this point. What are we going to do if he actually picks up? Please don't pick up. Yeah. And the next thing we hear is Jacques Chirac's voice on the other end of the phone going, hello, Mr. Lewis. How are you? What can I do for you? So this so was Ralph, going out live on, on the air? Um, or... You know, I was thinking about this the other day. I can't remember if it – I think it was live. Sometimes I think it was taped and then we played it back. But actually, now that you ask, I think it was live. Right. So uh, Ralph, God bless him, has the composure and the state of mind to not break character and to have a conversation about world affairs and about Iraq with the president for eight minutes. <laughs> This wasn't a blow-off. This wasn't just like, oh, thanks for calling. Bye. For eight minutes they talked. Yeah. And ended very friendly, and I'll come see you and keep in touch, and thank you for the call with the whole deal. And then we just hang up, and we're just like, oh, my God, what happened? <laughs> and uh, we finally, like I said, talked about it on my last show, and I felt like it was safe because Jacques Chirac had died and Jerry Lewis had died, and I thought there probably wasn't going to be much fallout, and I think the statute of limitations had probably passed on what the FCC could do to us at that point. Yeah. So I felt like it was safe to talk about, but I mean... And you were leaving know, anyway, so... What are they going to do, fire me? <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, 30 years with a lot of amazing memories, but I think that may have been my favorite thing that ever happened, just because it was so unexpected and had such consequences and we knew by the way that if anyone had ever asked the president about that he would have denied that he got duped by a fake jerry lewis yeah he would have just he would have denied it but i will tell you and i don't know how widely known this is but uh, this may be a scoop for your podcast but Ooh. jerry lewis ended up suing us for the call oh wow you're joking even though it was clear to our audience that it wasn't really jerry lewis so yeah. there was no no harm to his reputation but his point was, well, Mr. Chirac thought that I called, and that's worth some money. And I believe our, our company ended up writing a very hefty check. Really? Yes. <laughs> so that, that's, that happens. But, you know, Surely that should God, have made, bless, that God should bless have, Ralph Garman. Yeah, that should have made Jerry happy, the fact that he knows that people in France still love him. Mm. You would think so. Yeah. He should have been paying so. you. <laughs> yeah. well, I, you should have been my attorney then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, you wouldn't, want, you wouldn't want that being not 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 for a chance. Seen that stand up in the court of law. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you you announced that you were going to leave after I think it was thirty years or just coming up to thirty years, wasn't it? That, at K Rock. Yes. Well, my last day was November seventh, and I was hired on November thirtieth, and I had a couple of weeks of vacation time, so it actually ended up working out within a few days of exactly thirty years employment. Yeah. Right. So, so how? I mean, I can remember. Uh, sitting at work listening to your last episode because obviously I listen on the podcast um, 
And I was getting choked up. And I've only I've only been listening to Kevin and Bean for like the last what, probably five, six years. Mm-hmm. So how must have that have felt for you? Because everybody came back, didn't they? All of all of the uh, you know Jimmy Most Kimmel. Most people. Yeah, Adam Carolla, Jimmy Kimmel, yeah, Matt Money Smith. We had a lot of people calling in, or you know, some of our former producers like Lightning and people like that that had been with the show for a long time. Um, you know, it was not a, it wasn't really emotional for me um, to tell you the truth for two reasons, guys. One is I had announced back in March that I was leaving, and it was now November. Mm. It seemed like a very long goodbye, and I was kind of eager to be done with it not that i didn't love the job but it's like running a marathon at some point you want to cross the finish line and be done you know what i mean you yeah. don't want to keep running yeah so that was part of it and the other part of it was i was very busy doing a radio show and trying to keep an eye on the clock and keep an eye on the guests and you know juggle things and work in everything that needed to be worked i was still hosting a radio program that requires a lot of attention so i i didn't really have time to it didn't really have time to affect me personally because I was still professionally involved and engaged. So it wasn't that bad. And, you know, and the way things ended up happening is, you know, that show ended. And then two hours later, my wife and I are in our car on the way to the airport because we flew to New York that day because the Radio Hall of Fame ceremony was the next night. So it all happened so fast. It's not like I got off the air and then went and sat on the couch and thought, well, what am I going to do with my life now? Mm-hmm. We had some place to go and something to do. So yeah. it kept me very busy. And then the you know the few weeks after that, it's not like I was sitting around with nothing to do either because we were packing our house up. We were getting ready to move because we moved here a month later. So it was a really, really busy time. I almost feel like now here at the end of January is the first time I'm starting to exhale a little bit. And starting right. to think, okay, I've had a bit of a break. Now let's start really thinking about the future and start making some moves toward that. Yeah, because uh, I think some people thought that you were retiring, weren't you? You were selling up, packing up, coming to England to retire and just take it easy. But that's that's far from the truth, isn't it? You you actually you are looking for work as such, aren't you? Very much so. Yeah, and it's understandable because you know anytime someone leaves a job after that long you figure they've got to be old enough to retire. And, you know, there was a time when people did retire at 60, mm. but these days that's young. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I love radio and I still, you know, I have a lot of years left in me. Um, and I, I really want to continue to do it. I know that I have a lot working against me trying to get a job at, at my age and with my background you know, I don't know that a lot of what I did in America is a transferable skill, especially with this accent, but I'm just hoping to get in front of somebody who will say, hey, uh, we can understand you. You are speaking English, and if you've got something entertaining to say, we'll give you a shot. So, um, you know, the, the landscape has changed a lot. There aren't nearly as many presenter jobs as there were a few years ago. But, gosh, I'd love to get on some of the stations here in Britain. I really, really would. I have, there's some really good radio here, and I'd love to be a part of it. So what what radio have you been listening to in the UK? Um, Well, of course, I listen to Radio X, um, and I'm a huge Chris Moyles fan. I'm a huge Johnny uh, Johnny Vaughn fan. I love both of those shows very much. Uh, I really, really enjoy Absolute Radio. Uh, I'm tickled by this Fix Radio. Have you heard that? It's in Manchester and London. Oh, no. 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 Yeah, it's it's a tradesman radio station. It's actually designed for, you know, electricians and plumbers and air conditioning and heating guys and stuff like that. It's just a really, really, but the music mix is great and the personalities are really, really great. I've really, really enjoyed that. Um, You know, obviously, there's so many great, 
you could you could never listen to anything new again and just go back on the BBC Sounds app and mm. be busy for the rest of your life. There's so much incredible yeah. programming on that. I mean, the BBC is the class of the English-speaking world. I cannot believe how good it is. I really can't. Uh, so I've been listening to a lot of that. Um, I don't know. Just, you know, I'll flick uh, LBC, obviously, and talk radio. I listen to both of those. I'd love one day down the road, if my dreams come true and I get on the air, I'd love to end up on one of those talk stations. But I need to learn a lot more about local news and politics to be competent enough to be on one of those stations. But I listen to them a lot. So just a little bit of everything. Yeah. 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 Well, now that you are uh, back in Britain, um, things like obviously TV. So when it comes to uh, this country, uh, how mm. did you? How did you find out about that? How did you discover that? Because I would assume you, you saw that in America. To start yeah, with. I sure did. I was trying to. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Maybe it might have been it, Hulu. I think was one of the. Maybe it was Hulu. Then, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my wife and I. It's so funny because you know since we've been here, we've watched the trial of Christine Keeler, and we've been watching the Dead uh, Deadwater Fell, and we've watched yeah. all of these shows. And it's just like being back in America because we mostly watch British shows. I mean, we watched Endeavor over there. We watched Grandchester over there, obviously Downton Abbey. And we watch all of these shows. So I think because we watch so many British shows, we get recommended a lot of British shows. Right. Because you liked A, try B. And I think that's why – I think that's how we found Dairy Girls, which we adore. Right. Uh, and that's how we found this country as well. And we just couldn't believe how good it is. It's so frustrating as someone who's used to American TV where there are, you know, 20 episodes or, or something yes. in a season, it's so frustrating to see six yeah. or eight. It's just like, give me more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we just found it that way, and we just could not believe how great it is. I mean, it really is one of the great comedies of all time. I mean, I, would, I turned so many people onto it where I would say it's like The Office except in a small town, not in a business. You can't believe it. But it's just so brilliant. And, you know, my my single favorite thing about the show, and this is true for my wife too, is um, Carrie, which she plays her mom's voice off screen. Yes. Yes. Cracks us up every <laughs> single time because she just is always screaming at, at her. And when we found out that that was her doing the voice too, we just thought, oh, that's brilliant. So, have you, so how many have you watched? The two series because there's oh, two yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've, and, and I understand that you do. You guys already go to the to the premiere of the, the first part of series three. Yeah, we watched uh, last Thursday as we we're recording yes. this. Last Thursday we watched uh, episode one and episode two of series. How three. was it? It was fantastic. Bean, you really? are in for a treat. Yeah, we're not. We're we're under embargo. We're not allowed to say anything till I think the seventeenth of February when it comes out on um, uh, BBC iPlayer. Uh, uh-huh. But I will say the way that they handle uh, slugs, slugs, because um, obviously uh, Michael Slugs. That was going to be my next question. That was yeah, my absolute yeah. next question. Michael Did they Slugs, address it? Uh, they addressed it. They they handled it beautifully and hilariously, which I think you, you can't say any more than that, really. Yeah, it, it really yeah. does. The emotions on that bit is really weird, because you're belly laughing at one minute and almost crying the next. It's, yeah. it's yeah. brilliant how they've done it. No, they are very, very talented and really, really good actors too. You know, I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, I, I, you guys, you know, I'd love to know. I guess I should go back to your early episodes, but I mean, were they just living in a small town and just they just wrote that and just started filming it? Or? Yeah, it's it's the the town that we live in. We 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 live in uh, where this country was originally set. 
Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And we, we're friends with Daisy and Charlie. We, we've we known them since... Well, Daisy originally had a, a show that was going to be on ITV instead of BBC uh, mm-hmm. back in 2013. 2013, it would have been, yeah. Um, which didn't really work out, and then she changed it, um, moved it to a smaller town village just outside Sirencester, which is where we live. Um, and it sort of blossomed from there, moved to the BBC, and then from there it went from strength to strength. So, What's it like for you guys to have seen them blow up to be so big and win a BAFTA? You know, the one thing I would say is they are the nicest family. I mean, obviously, Daisy and Charlie's dad plays Martin Mucklow. Right. Um, and they are the nicest family. You, oh, and, that's good to hear. And also the fact that they will, especially they, well, no, both of them. I, I'm not going to. Yeah, no, they're but both. But they will, they will stay and they will take photographs with fans if it means that they're going to be hanging around for an hour, two hours. You know, they they always stop for their fans. Well, they gotta they gotta stop that. That's ridiculous. Well, it is. Yeah, <laughs> we that's did. We, we have said to them that when they when they're like big Hollywood stars and that that there's no way that they can do a Tom Cruise like and take photographs yeah. with everybody going down that line all the time. They had a um, a charity football match. Well we, well, we were involved in it as well back in July of last year, and Daisy was. Uh, on the football pitch for I think two hours after just over two hours, just over two it? hours, taking photographs and selfies with every single person that wanted That's one. Amazing, you know, and I th- and you can't help but be humbled by. They still can't believe that all of this is happening. I think you know the, the Baftas and 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 then getting mo- movie parts and working with That's uh, amazing. Um, yeah, Amanda Inucci and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's lovely to see. It really is. Um, is there a... Now, look, I'm interviewing you. Hey, no, it's it's is, my honour. We've been waiting for Guys, this. Guys, <laughs> I can't stop. I've been doing it my whole life. You carry is on. Is there any kind of a this country tourism industry in your town? There isn't, but we've been thinking about that. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> I have to imagine there are people who would love to come and see this spot from the show. Well, I was, I was, was going to say, if you ever find yourself, you and your lovely wife, in the Cotswolds, Bean, mm-hmm. we will gladly take you around all of the space, all of the hot spots, and all of the places <laughs> of the This Country tour. We will, and we'll go for a pint down the keepers. We will take you to Big Man's house. Why have they not had you guys on the show? Even if you're just believe the me, behind we, them in the pub, we've been asking the same question. <laughs> we've been yeah. waiting yeah. and waiting and waiting. And the thing You've is, I think it. there's so many other people that would love to do that as well. But we just said, even if we were just sat in the the back of a pub, we would have loved it. But Unfortunately, you know, it, it didn't happen, but... Um... But we still get access to the two of them, like, intimately. So they'll come in... T- intimately, <laughs> i say it like that. Very... But we get to spend... Like, we, we're interviewing them very soon, and we get to spend time that nobody else seems to get with them. So we're, we're yeah. spoiled in that way. That's great. Wow, yeah. congratulations, you guys. That's awesome. And the podcast is doing well, I said. I was... Yeah, well, we, we just hit... As we're recording this, we just hit 100,000 downloads, which... For for us, where we're just two guys in my tiny little shed here, is absolutely fucking nuts. If you pardon that's amazing. Congratulations! But thank you very much for that. Mm. Um, so, where would you like? Obviously, again, we've seen the first two episodes of of series three. But where would you like to see the series go? What would you like to see Kerry and Curtin get up to? Oh, I don't pretend to have any idea. I I mean, honestly, just keep just keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. That's all I want. It's perfect the way it is. 
You know, just I want to see more harebrained schemes. I want to see them make more bad decisions. I want them to not understand how the world works. Uh, I, I want to see them be lazy layabouts to try to take every single shortcut they can for fame and success and not understand why it never happens. I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, that sounds, so, sounds like our career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so excited that it's coming back so soon. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. only a couple of weeks. Bean, I have to ask, from the first two series, do you have a favourite episode? Oh, gosh. You know, it's been so long now since I saw them. I'm not sure that I remember. What's the consensus? What's the episode most people talk about? A lot of people say um, the Scarecrow episode, which was the very first one, the Scarecrow Festival. Um, oven space. An oven space where it's just the two of them and they're cooking a pizza. Yes. That has I the mean... t tomato reference in from Mum upstairs. Yeah, from the BLT. <laughs> yeah. I just laugh out loud in your little intro, you know, just from the clips you play, it makes you want to go back and watch the show again. You know what I mean? Because you yeah. remember how funny it is and how funny the delivery is. Indeed. Well, as you say that, we're, um, before we uh, finish up, we're going to have a little bit of a quiz. Um, and it's not that bad because you've, you've got a 50-50 chance even if you guess. We're going to play Kerry or Curtain. Okay, I'm going okay. to give, give you a line of dialogue. All you need to do is tell me if it's Kerry or Curtain that said it, okay? I'm just going to let you know that I will only be guessing. I have no knowledge on this topic. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. This will be interesting to see somebody that just guesses, see how well they do. And, so. Bean, if you get them all right, we'll edit that bit where you said you've got no <laughs> knowledge of it out, and you'll just Fair get like enough. a mastermind. Yeah, here we go. Number one. So today is the day of the Scarecrow Festival, and I've got a bad feeling, mark my words, something bad is going to happen to me today. Oh, that's definitely Kerry. Well done. You, you get a ding on the bell for that one. Number two, it's baffling. I'm baffled by the entire situation, if I'm honest. Um, that also sounds like Carrie to me. That was Curtain. Oh, sorry. That was Curtain. No problem. That's one out of two. Here we go. I'm going to ring the bell then. I haven't deserved that yet. Hang on, number three. Uh, what I reckon we should do is forget about the whole thing, to be honest. Well, that could be anyone. That I'll could be. Yes, I'll guess and say curtain. That was Kerry. Talking See? to Mandy about the tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> One out of three, but that's all right. We're still going good. We're still going good. Number four. People are scared of Mandy, but I ain't. We're both on the same level of hardness. That is curtain. No, that's Kerry. <laughs> 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 last one last one come on here we go oh, i can't win i'm last definitely under 500 <laughs> number five you absolute traitor that's my cheese it's my fucking house that's uh reverend seaton <laughs> <laughs> i love it i would love that line to have come from him i would love yes. that as well. no it's either carry or curtain bean unfortunately it's, uh i'm gonna say carry Hooray! Yes! Started well, finished well. That's all that matters. That's yeah. right. That's all that and matters. And it's, it's perfectly respectable because we've had a few zeros. So being... Yeah, two out of five. That's, that's fine. Bad. That's fine. Just guessing. Just that, guessing. But just I enjoyed guessing. it anyway. And that's a, way, that's, that's a way to live your life is just, just have a guess. Don't worry about it. So, I am very excited that you guys are back with uh, your podcast. I'm very excited that they're back with the show, and I hope we get a chance to, to meet up sometime. We'll be in the Coxwalls at some point. We'll uh, yeah, to but, see a lot of this country while we're here. I was going to say, please let us know if you are, Bean, because we Indeed. would... 
we will come and uh, tour you around. Uh... Yes, you can come and see all of the wonderful sights. It'll take a good half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great, you guys. I enjoyed the visit. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bean. It's been an absolute pleasure to it's speak to you. It's been a joy to speak it to really you, sir. It really has. And uh, good luck for the future. Adios, amigos. Thank you. And we'll see you again soon. Take care, mate. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Ah, oh, what a joy to speak what to. What an absolute joy that was. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there is a DJ from K-Rock Radio, a living legend, and, uh, as you heard. Yeah, and he's uh, not only... He's a double Hall of Famer. <gasps> one what, day. What, what more can one you say? One day. What, what? We'll be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, a, I didn't say which one. I just said podcasting a. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yes, On the Gene door out. Baxter, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and... Uh, just leaves now to say uh, all the bits and pieces. Absolutely. Now, this has been a little while, so oh, I'll have yeah. a go. go Let's on, see how good we can do this. So, we are on all the social media under WTAF This Country. <laughs> yeah, wait for I the to think about yeah. that, then. We have a website. Please do visit the website. There's a blog that goes up and everything is on there, which is WTFpodcast.com. And then if you want to speak to us, ask us questions or anything else, you can email us at wtafthiscountry at hotmail.com. Wow, it's like you've never been away. Oh, it just comes back. It's like riding a bike. Indeed it is. And, um, uh, well, I think we're going to try and get a revamp of the old Patreon, I think. Um, we just need to do something. I don't know why I'm talking is about there... this on air. We should talk yeah. about this off air. Well, there is Patreon if you're interested. It'll yeah. be there. Um, well, we haven't done anything on that for a while, so anybody that you is are, still doing very, it, thank very, you very much. very, thankful for it. Indeed. Thank you. Um, and yes, just to reiterate what we said uh, to being there, is that we have hit 100,000 downloads. Yes. So thank you very much, everybody, that... Uh, has listened and subscribed and rated and reviewed and uh, all stuff like that. So please come and subscribe to the podcast, uh, especially on, if you're going to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, leave us a nice rating, uh, leave us a nice review. It would be very um, kind. It would be very kind. We've got lots of five-star reviews. There was one three-star review I read um, that was put out there yesterday. Apparently having to go at my laugh, saying that my, my childish laugh, and apparently that I laughed every time someone said gay, apparently. Oh, really? Yes. I oh, will have a look at that in a minute. I haven't seen that. Uh, but yes, thought, you know, thank you, you very go. much. And for... I just did my girly laugh again there, so <laughs> oh, you... that's probably pissed you off again. Yeah. But you can only leave one review, so never mind. And he gave, uh, he or she gave three-star reviews. Uh, well, that's three not too bad, is it? Not too bad. But uh, please do keep listening. We have some big things coming this way. <laughs> oh, indeed we do, Neil. Now you're going to laugh <laughs> again. <laughs> a little bit of campness comes out and off you go. I know. I know. Um, yeah, so I think that's it. That's We're, it. We are back. Here we go again. And uh, Series 3 is just on the horizon. Yes. And, uh, yeah, who knows what delights we've got in store over the next few weeks. <gasps> I'm excited already, actually. we got some big ones. We have got some <laughs> big ones coming. <laughs> <laughs> There's a laugh just for you there, Mr. Uh, or Mrs. Apple Podcast yes. reviewer. We love you anyway. I Thank sleep you very last much. Last night, because you gave us a, one of those kind of reviews. Oh, don't. We I love don't you don't anyway. Do. Thank you very we much for you leaving anyway. a review. Yep, so that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you to uh, Bean, uh, who's now gone. But thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much, Pav. Thank you very much, everybody else. Now go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow? 
This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.